I just want to say it's been a blessing for me to be here and uh, really see some young men and young ladies who want to be used to the Lord Jesus Christ. And never lose sight of that. You go back home, you're into a world system that may not be thinking about Jesus Christ. I try to witness to people an awful lot of times, but you never know. Some of them look at you and wonder, like, what in the world are you talking about? But God calls us to learn some very special things. And uh, from his little, we have some uh, little friends they, that God said we can uh, learn from. Uh, we looked at the first time, we saw about ants. They're an amazing little creature when you think about them, because ants, the Bible teaches us, they're wise in the preparation that they're doing. They're present. They're getting, I've got more glasses in my pocket than I can think of. Uh, they're always working for what's going to happen in the future. You know what? Every one of you have a future. Every one of you, God, to say, be like, be like an ant. Prepare yourself. Being here at camp is a way that you're preparing. You're learning some things today, the last week, or rather the last couple of days, that are just awesome as you think about your future. And the ant knows that the future's coming. Some of you, you got ages 12, 11, 12, up to 18, 19, in the 20s. And, and God is preparing you, and what you get this week, and what you've gotten already, you'll be amazed what that'll do for your life, for the rest of your life. It was at a youth camp that I asked the Lord, can you use my life? And uh, from the background I came from, I never thought much about anything of that nature. And God called me to, pa- to preach. Be open to God's concern for your future. Don't let anything stop you from enjoying the future that God has for you. That's what the ant would say to you. And not only the ant, you've got a, uh, a sweet little coney. That little creature knows where to go when things are tough. And uh, he's supposed to go and stand by the what? The rock. And that rock is the Lord Jesus Christ every day. So when in the scriptures, as we read it, we found that uh, Solomon, the wisest man supposedly in the world, he said, listen, there are four little things that are little on the earth, but they're exceeding wise. And if they're smart, I always try to go, when I was in college, I wanted to talk to the, the smart professors. I wanted to learn something. And don't waste your time on frivolous things. All It's okay to be, have fun, but learn from people. You have a pastor and, and a staff in this church will teach you more than most churches will teach you in this nation. Never take it for granted what God's given you. And so the ants, we learn from them. Uh, they prepare a meeting in the summer. And then there's the conies. That they're feeble folk, yet make they, their houses in the rocks. When you go out into life, you'll deal with people and face situations that they're amazing. And you may be, feel feeble, but uh, if you're near the rock, he can get you through. Trust me, I told you about that yesterday. Realize that wherever you are, he said, I will never, never, never leave you nor forsake you so you can boldly say, the Lord's my helper. He's my rock. Keep that in your mind. Every day, get up in the morning. I hope you got up this morning and, and talked to your rock. Every day, wake up. 
Lord Jesus, this is your day. Help me to live for you. Take time every day to do that. Why? Because you'll be smart like a coney. Solomon said the coney was smart because he got near the rock for safety. You get near the rock, the Son of God, every day, you'll be amazed what he'll do. You miss that, I promise you this. You'll go through things in your day, through your week, through whatever, through a year, and you wonder, what's happening? Well, if you're not near the rock, the Son of God, you'll miss out. I want to encourage you, every day, take time, maybe it's five minutes or ten minutes or whatever, every day, take time to listen to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? When you open your Bible, there's about four or five things that God wants to teach you out of the Bible. Can you tell me what those four things are that you're supposed to do? The, wasn't it you, huh? Specs. Specs. Yeah. What specs? Send the first Stand up. Come here, come here. <laughs> Cheer him on for coming up here. Yeah. We were talking about this last night. He didn't know I was going to do this. I didn't either. So when you read your Bible, there's about five things that are good to get. And it, I called it specs. Sin to forsake. A okay, prom- hold, hold, hold on. And repeat it after he said, it's a what? Sin to forsake. And it was when you read the Bible, is there something I need to kick out of my life? Mm-hmm. Get it away. Say it loud. Sin to forsake. P. Promise to claim. Ah, some of you have been doing, we've heard the whistles going off and everything else. Amazing. You're hiding God's word in your, your heart. God delights for you to do that. So, a sin to forsake, and what's the next one? Promise to claim. Say it a little louder and enjoyable. And what? Promise to claim. All right, next. Example to follow. All right, what kind of an example do you follow? The Bible's got a lot of examples in it. Some of them aren't very good. King Saul was a sorry example. But David, in many areas, was a great example. And so God calls us to do, what is it? Let's do all three. First of all, first of all, it's a sin to forsake, promise to claim, example to follow, command to obey. Yeah. Is there something God said to me I need to do, regardless of what anybody else thinks? Thy word have I hidden mine heart that I might not sin against thee. That's a command. And God tells us to, if you want to be used to the Lord, learn what he wants you to know. Let's say all four of them. Sin to forsake, promise to claim, example to follow, command to obey, stumbling block to avoid. Is there something that I need to get away from this thing because it's going to mess me up? It's a what now? Stumbling block to avoid. In the Bible, there's a lot of examples of them. King Saul, God told him to get rid of Amalek. Get rid of that guy. He's, he's a terror to you. He's wrong. And he didn't. He brought him back. And he lost the leadership of the nation of Israel because of what he was doing. So let's say all five of them. Sin to forsake, promise to claim, example to follow, command to obey, stumbling block to avoid. Give him a round of applause. Good job. And God wants us all to do that. When I read my Bible, I, those things have just been embedded in my mind. And as I read the Bible, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, boys, boy, this is an example. I read, well, this is a command to obey. Well, this is, a, and, and these are things that a doctor, when he takes you in, he looks at certain things about your life, stick your tongue out, take, you, take your, uh, you know, your, your arm pressure or whatever else, because that helps him to know certain things. Specs will help you to learn a lot of things in the Bible you never think about before. So I want to encourage you to do that. And whenever you come to this uh, last little fellow that we're talking about here today, tonight, today, it's a one that some people don't care very much for. 
and it's called a spider. How many of you like spiders? You may like spiders. You like spiders? You like spiders? Huh? You like spiders? I didn't ask you to talk, but just ask you. Have a spider. Okay. Spiders. Those little things. I got bit by a black widow one day. She got bit by that. All right. Spiders. All right. I got one more here. That's not a spider, but it's a bee. So good. All right. And then you got, then you got this guy. No, no, that's right. But it, it's an amazing thing. How in the world, what kind of a good thing can we get out of a spider? Well, he's getting cross-eyed right now. Okay. Now, amazing to think about this little creature. And God said, this is a wise situation. Why is a spider smart? There, and the Bible tells us, in verse 28 of chapter 30, you got, the, you got the ant, they're wise in preparation. The coney, wise in protection. The locust, we haven't get into that, but in partnership. But then the spider, the spider, the position they're in. And it's amazing. The spider takes hold with her hands and is in king's palaces. Solomon could walk through one of his palaces and he, look at that spider up there. How did he get in there? But amazing thing, that spider was living in the palace of the king. And you may feel like you're not much of anything, but I tell you this, if you, if you work right and serve the Lord right, you'll one day be in the palace of the king. Amen. God doesn't save you to slum you. God saves you to use your life. You'll deal with people around you that are going for this and going for that. And it's okay in sports or whatever else. But the best thing you need to do is I want to grab hold of being in the mansion where the Lord Jesus Christ is. And that's what a, that's what a spider does. I toss that for girls. <laughs> she ducked. <laughs> All right. Let's take a couple minutes and think about that. You can barter it and sell it to somebody there, okay? God calls us to do that. And let, let him use your life because it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult situation that you guys go back to. You know, when you leave here, it's going to be interesting to realize that there are people that won't be happy for what you've learned. A lot of people will look at you and say, what are you talking about? Whatever that is, okay. But this, 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 this spider, who, knows, who knew what it was doing? Who was working with it? Nobody. But then you have that time with that spider. If you've ever seen them with their, do with their, their webs, it's amazing. You think about them. They, uh, they grasp hold of opportunities. To get into that castle. And God wants you to grab hold of the word of God. And let the Lord take care of you wherever you go in your life. He's diligent. Her webs can be destroyed. You know what happens after that? 
She'll rebuild it, get another one going. You'll face things in your life, whatever age you are. You'll have people who will uh, fail you. You'll have people who will not like you. But here's this diligent little creature here. She grasps holds of opportunities, and God does something with her life. And God wants us to grasp hold of opportunities. Your being here this week is grabbing hold of some great opportunities. Learning those verses. Realizing what Pastor is doing and sharing in your heart to you there. Letting God work through you. That's grasping hold. That's called a, whatever that is, a tractor. But uh, uh, he wants us to learn to excel in our task. I don't know how they would get into a castle, but they did. And Solomon was smart enough to realize this is a great example of what I want you to be as a Christian. I want you to be an individual who will rise above what most people do. You never know. You may have a name that nobody knows, like my name was. And, And yet God can take you and put you into a situation of opportunity if you'll stay faithful to him. Because you know, he's always looking for people, young ladies and young men, who'll be faithful and obedient to him. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke's easy, my burden's light. You'll find. And God says, listen, let me use your life. Okay to be in wonderful things in sports and everything else there, but this little creature wanted to do more than just hang out in a tree. It wanted to get into the palace of a king. You know, diligence is a great word. The Bible says, seest, Proverbs 22, 29, seest thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings. He'll not stand before mean men. Diligent. What's diligent? Somebody, what's the definition of diligence? Somebody? What does it mean to be Diligent. Yes, ma'am. Uh, just like a little louder. Smart about your decisions. Okay. Wise and smart about what you're doing. Somebody said something over here also. What? Persistent. Persistent. Pers- at the right things. And God says, be that way. Because you'll be around people. You'll go back. When you go back to school, there are going to be people who are just going to be wasting their time. There are going to be people in your school who are trying to figure out who's going to like me as a friend. Who can I show that I'm this or that? And God says, you be diligent. First of all, about getting up in the morning, talking to me in the Word. Be diligent about reading the Bible, diligent about prayer, etc. You know, that little spider that nobody saw began building a web. And sometimes someone comes in and maybe knocks a little bit of it down. What does the spider do? Run away? No. He gets back up and starts building another one. Diligence diligence. You'll have times when people will mock you for your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of us probably have and it may happen again because you, you, you don't live in a friendly territory for the Lord. There's a song that says, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Amen. That's where God calls us. And that spider could have said, well, I'm not going to do anything. No, but up he goes into a palace and is used in a wonderful, wonderful way. Excel, because that's what they, they do. And you know what? He said, listen, they're, they're, small, they're smart. 
because the spider takes hold with her hands as in king's palaces here. The Bible tells us certain things about ourselves. The Bible says, Behold, I come quickly, Revelation 3, 11 to 12, Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown from you. Isn't it amazing that God has a plan for your life? Every one of you, and we'll shoot that tractor in a minute there. Every one of us, God has a plan for your life. Every one of you. And your plan may, may not be your sister's plan, but it's, your, it's the plan he has for you. It may not be your brother's plan, but it's got a plan for you. All of you have a plan. And the key is, am I going to grab hold of that? How do I find out what to do? Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman not who, who grabs hold of the Word of God. Learn the Word of God. Study it every day. Open the Bible. And let God begin to teach you. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 28, And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He shall appear, we'll have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. Wow. The Bible says in Revelation 3, 11, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which you have that no man take your crown. Wow. Other foundation no man can lay than that which is laid, Jesus Christ. If any man build on this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. One day, every one of us who are believers will be before the Lord Jesus Christ at what they call the judgment seat of Christ. The day will declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If a man's work abide which he's built thereupon, he'll receive a reward. If you're faithful to the Lord, I promise God said, I'm going to honor that. One of the difficulties we get today, we get confused with what is really important. One day, some of you, many of you, will probably get married. I hope that you're even praying right now for whoever he may bring into your life. And, and guys get girls for wives, for mates. Girls get guys for their mates, okay? That's rather biblical. Don't let anybody confuse you on that mess. But as you stay faithful to the Lord, you pray about it. God can bring someone into your life who you can live with the rest of your life. My wife, Judy, and I have been married over 50 years. What a merciful wife I have anyway. Because, and I, I was in Texas and had to go up to Howard to find, find the right wife to be. And I'm thankful for that. I waited by the mercy of God. I didn't get married in Bible college. It wasn't something that... I felt God wanted, I saw a lot of guys get married because they, I need a wife, I'm going in, into the ministry. Oh, you need to serve the Lord whether you have a wife or not. Amen. And so let God begin to build in your life and, and, and take hold of what God has for you, and you'll begin to build a, a, a very neat place in the palace of the king. If you rush into things without listening to the word of God, specs, Planning what God says, you'll lose a whole lot. We'll go to that thing called the Bema Seat. All of us will. God will inspect and tell us about what's going on. The Bible tells you, Know ye not that they that run in a race run all? 1 Corinthians 9, 24. One receives the prize, so run that you may obtain. Every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. They do it to get a corruptible crown. We an incorruptible. God has some... God has some wonderful crowns that he wants to give out. If the rapture occurred today, 
Would you be able to stand before the Lord? Would I be able to stand before the Lord and say, Lord, I tried to do my best for you? He knows that. But what a sad thing if, if we don't do that. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. You have the privilege, like that spider, to live in a place that no one else does. In my Father's house are many what? Mansions. I go to do what? Prepare a place for you. What a neat privilege. That's where we're going to end up if, we're, if you're a believer. But ending up there is only one part of it. God wants to bless you with many blessings. That spider gets there. If there's a problem with it, they rework the thing. Spiders don't quit. I can remember at times when I lived down in Texas, and uh, you know, you have a spider has a web, and you knock the thing down. I go back out the next night, and he's got he's got one there, and he goes back again. He's got another one there. Go back again. He does it again. Don't give up what you're trying to do and be used for the Lord Jesus Christ. You will face people who will not be very interested in you serving Jesus Christ. What are you going to do? Which way are you going to go? You going to believe the Bible? Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he'll bring it to pass. Amen. Are you going to just follow what the whole crowd's doing? Like I almost did that one day. God says, young man, I want to use your life. I want you to be like that spider that when you're faithful, I'm going to have something special for you when you get home to heaven. Because this isn't our home. Amen. This isn't our home. And, and it's okay to be comfortable. It's okay to enjoy things here. But we need to realize there's a song that says, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. You young ladies and you young men, don't let anybody take you away from remembering I belong to Jesus. And more than anything else, I need to learn what he wants me to do. God says an awful lot about crowns in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 9.25, good verse. Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. You know, in heaven, God says there's some crowns. There's a crown of rejoicing in the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 2.19, it tells us that uh, for what is our hope? What's our joy? What's our crown of rejoicing? That's Paul's talking and saying this. It's rejoicing over witnessing and helping in the ministry. And what y'all did, some of these unique uh, presentations here, that can touch a lot of hearts, reaching kids, other individuals. I'm glad you were willing to, to go out beyond. How many of you, when you're up here, did you feel this is beyond what I normally want to do? Anybody like that who in some of these? <laughs> they're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. But that's okay. You know what? When you're doing it for the king... He takes that in account. That's how making, the, making that web for heaven a lot better. Whatever you do for him, uh, some unique, I've never heard about prayers like that, like they were, you know, were teaching here. But it's great. You know what? Whatever you do for him, he keeps account of it. That little spider, nobody knew about it, but it's making that web. Solomon knew about it. He said, what a smart, smart creature. When you're serving the Lord, you're making a web, if you please, that you're going to meet again in heaven. It's amazing. He keeps a good account for things. I've done some things that were, I thought were right, and people poof, never recognized it. 
But if it's right, God will recognize it. You realize that? And it, no one else was looking, but Solomon says, look at that spider. That's a smart little critter. He's so smart, he wanted to build his own. He could have gone out in a tree, but a lot easier to do. Made his way in through the palace, gets beyond the guards, gets beyond everything that's going on there, gets up in the top up here, and in this real special place, he starts making a web. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you need to leave some things behind. Get inside the palace doors, if you please, for the Lord. And let him, let him rejoice in how you're trying to live for him. If you please, build a web of service for his glory. Crowns. That crown of rejoicing. It's, what's our hope? Our crown of joy? It's you. When you lead someone to the Lord Jesus Christ, God, I don't understand how it's going to work out. But God has a crown of rejoicing. Imagine that you stand before the king of kings. He says, you know, you didn't know it, but you passed out a track to this person or that person. And that guy got saved. You felt awkward about it, but you still passed it out. Thank you, my child. Imagine him giving you a crown. Good night. That's a lot better than Super Bowl. And it's nice to go to Kansas City thing here, but a lot better than that thing's going to tarnish. But when God gives you a crown, hey, you've made it. You've made it. You witness to some girl who's going through a difficulty, and she decides to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. God says, I got something for you for talking to that person there and helping them to grow. God's got a crown for it. It's a good deal that you and I have in serving him. Crowns for you. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord. That was Paul saying, Philippians 4.1, because he knew that these were the jewels that he wanted to present to the Lord Jesus Christ, the crown of life. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation. James chapter 1, verse 12. When he's tried, he'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. If you love him, you know what? He knows that. It doesn't matter your mom and dad. You know, they can't do it for you. But you, as you grow in the things of the Lord, going through a trial, there in that section of Scripture, he said, listen, James 1, 12, he'll receive a crown of life which the Lord promised to them that love him. If you love him and you serve him, even when your friends may go one way and you have to go the Lord's way, God says, I'm remembering that. This is not your final home. Your final home's with him forever. Be like that spider. Get things into the mansions in heaven. Don't let individuals talk you out about putting Jesus first. Because there will be people that will offer you tons of things in the process of your life. Why don't you just go this way? Oh, that, that Bible stuff, that, you don't need that stuff right now. You don't need it. That's because they don't want it. And they want you to step down and don't, not lay up crowns for heaven. Be a faithful young lady for that. Crown of righteousness, 2 Timothy 4.8. For faithful service. Henceforth there's later for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not only me, but all them that love his appearing. Can you imagine the King of Kings and Lord of Lords giving you a crown one day because you loved him? That's a pretty good deal. That's why you keep making that web going. You build a spiritual web that 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 takes care of you in the king's palace. Crown of righteousness. The crown of life. 
And the Bible talks about a crown of glory. Those individuals, like pastors, Danny, and people who are in full-time service situation here, in the cause of Christ, the Bible tells us it's a re- reward for individuals who are faithful in shepherding people. The Bible says, when the chief shepherd shall appear, you receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. I know a lot of pastors who've been beaten up by individuals in churches who didn't like them. And they were doing what was right for the cause of Christ. I've known pastors who were faithful serving the Lord, won people to Christ. Those people walked away from the things of God, mocked the pastor. and Boy, you keep serving the Lord. Because you're serving him, you're not just serving them. And God says that I've got something special for you if you've been faithful to me. That's the reward, the crown of glory. What a God we have. Heavenly treasure. The Bible says, Matthew 6, 20. Who can finish this? But lay up yourselves treasures where? Where? In heaven. Where neither moth nor us doth corrupt, and where thieves don't break through nor steal. God says, I've got something special for you if you'll believe me. That spider, everybody running in and out, but he stays faithful. Commendation. Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Judge nothing before the time. Till the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and make manifest the counsels of the heart. Then shall every man have praise of God. Imagine God looking at you when you get to heaven. He said, man, I appreciate you that you took that stand. Hey, young lady, I'm thankful that you didn't sell out your morals to some young boy just for a night's fling. I'm glad that you said, hey, take a hike, pal. I don't need you. And God bless you. Imagine standing with the son of the living God, Jesus Christ. Have him look at you. And say, hey, girls, that was, that was tough because they mocked you because you were, were pure. God won't mock you. God will commend you. Amen. You stay clean for him. God will honor that. Any guy that won't re- respect that, I can promise you this, you don't need him. Amen. You don't need him. Tell him to take a hike. Amen. Go see him. He'll beat him up. Come see me. I'll help him beat him up. Okay? <laughs> I'm serious about that. It, God says, I got something special for you. Don't let someone ru- ruin it. Mr. Spider's putting that web up there, building it in the right place. Lay not up treasures here, but lay them up in heaven. God will bless you if you listen to him. You may be here today and say, I've messed my web up. My life is sort of messed up. I'm glad I came to camp. Does God still have something for me? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you mess up on something, part of your web breaks down a little bit, go to him in prayer and confess it, Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm sorry, and I want to keep moving in the right direction. Then you keep rebuilding that web in the mansion. And it's going to come. It'll happen. It'll happen. That spider was smart. God looks at you and says, be smart. Bible says... He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcometh, I'll give in teeth hidden manna. I'll give him a white stone. And the stone will be a new name written, which no man knoweth, saying, He that receives it. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. God has something special for people who take a stand for him. I don't understand all that's going to come to pass, but I know this. God has something special for every one of you young ladies. God has something special for every one of you young men. But you have to be willing to wait for the long-term game instead of the short-term game. So many people, for a short minute of praise by other people, they'll sell out their Christianity. 
Spider doesn't do that. He's up there working, building that little web. Other things are going on. And guys, trust me there. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon thrones, judging twelve tribes of Israel. And that was for the, the apostles and so on. But God will use all of us in special things if we want to follow him. Our life doesn't end whenever we die. We go to heaven, and then one day God is going to implement a whole lot of other things to do throughout eternity. And he will be looking for individuals who are being faithful. They may be a young child. I think of the little boy that had some fishes, and some Jews needed to eat one day. They what do, we, what do we do here? The apostles can't find anything. Well, here's a kid got a couple of fishes here. And I'm sure he was wondering, do I, what do you want my fish for? Well, Jesus needs it. So he hands it off. And do you know that for 2,000 years, people have been reading about that little kid who gave his food to Jesus? Pretty good deal. Amen. Pretty good deal. <clears throat> Don't you think he's got something special for that little dude? Yeah. In the Old Testament, there was a, a fellow by the name of Naaman who was just hurting like he had leprosy apparently on him. And what do I do? He had, they had captured some Jews and brought them to their, their, their area where they were. And there's a little girl. Now, she was, she was a slave, if you please, now. And there, Israel had been defeated, supposedly. But she didn't believe God was defeated. She looked at Mr. Naaman, the commander-in-chief, and said, Would to God he would go see my, my prophet over there in Israel. He could heal him. Isn't that amazing? It didn't matter what had gone on. didn't matter how bad things had been in, their, in the battles. This little girl was brave. They could have killed her for, mock, for, for doing that because she was lifting up the God of Israel. But so where she was, God knew it. Of course, Naaman got healed. That little girl, her spunk, didn't matter what's going on. Put Jesus first. That spider, learn from that spider. Way up high, nobody else sees it. But here was a wise man named Solomon. He's looking up there. That spider is working hard. Man, no one else may see what you do, but I just want to challenge you. Give Jesus every day. Get up in the morning, first thing, Lord, help me to serve you. Amen. Help me to get in my Bible to, to learn my specs. Help me to grow in that. Help me to look for an opportunity to tell someone else about the Son of God. That's building that neat web that will hold you there for the one time when you stand before Jesus. Because we're all going to stand there. We'll stand there. And the joy is, if you've been faithful, it doesn't matter. I had brothers who didn't care at all for what I was doing. But I'm glad to do what I did. Amen. And God looks at you and says, young ladies and young men, you put me first. And there's a mansion that's going to have some awful special things for you there. What a privilege that is. Doesn't matter if nobody knows your name. He knows your name. Doesn't matter if anybody else doesn't see you. He sees what you're doing. He watches that. He knows that. Be like a wise. Let, Lord, use my life for your glory. You'll be amazed what will take place. We're going to close in a couple of minutes here. I want David to put something on. I want you to listen to something about a unique individual I read about 
And I thought this would be good for all of us to think about, about an individual who was building the right kind of a web, if you please, and didn't even know it. If you can get that here going here, Dan, all right? And, it, uh, and just listen to it, what took place in his life. All right. To Christ. Amen. Amen. Listen. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and the rest don't corrupt. Thieves can't come in and steal it. Serving Jesus, it can be good. Uh, let's give Danny a round of applause. He gets so many things going around here. I really mean that. All right. Now, if this doesn't come up, we can boo him, okay? No, no. All right. Duplication is encouraged. A number of years ago, in a Baptist church in Crystal Palace in southern London, the Sunday morning service was closing, and a stranger stood up at the back, raised his hand, he said, Excuse me, Pastor, can I share a little testimony? The pastor looked at his watch, he said, You've got three minutes. And this man proceeded, he said, I've just moved into this area. I used to live in another part of London. I came from Sydney in Australia, and just a few months back, I was visiting some relatives, and I was walking down George Street. You know where George Street is in Sydney? It runs from the business hub out to the rocks, the colonial area. And he said, a strange little white-haired man stepped out of a shop doorway, put that? a pamphlet in my hand, and he said, excuse me, sir, are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? He said, I was astounded by those words. Nobody had ever told me that. I thanked him courteously, and all the way on British Airlines, back to Heathrow, this puzzled me. I called a friend who lived in this new area, where I'm living now, and thank God he was a Christian. He led me to Christ. And I'm a Christian, and I want a fellowship here. And Baptists love testimonies like it. Everyone applauded and welcomed him into the fellowship. That Baptist pastor flew to Adelaide in Australia the next week. And ten days later, in the middle of a three-day series in a Baptist church in Adelaide, a woman came to him for counseling, and he wanted to establish where she stood with Christ. And she said, I used to live in Sydney. And just a couple of months back, I was visiting friends in Sydney, doing some last-minute shopping down George Street, and a strange little white-haired man, elderly man, stepped out of a shop doorway, offered me a pamphlet, said, Excuse me, ma'am, are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? She said, I was disturbed by those words. When I got back to Adelaide, I knew this Baptist church was on the next block from me, and I sought out the pastor, and he led me to Christ. So, sir, I'm telling you that I am a Christian. Now, this London pastor was now very puzzled. Twice, within a fortnight, he'd heard the same testimony. He then flew to preach in the Mount Pleasant Baptist Church in Perth. And when his teaching series was over, the senior elder of that church took him out for a meal. And he said, mate, how'd you get saved? He said, I grew up in this church from the age of 15 through Boys Brigade. Never made a commitment to Jesus, just hopped on the bandwagon like everybody else. And because of my business ability, grew up to a place of influence. I was on a business outing in Sydney just three years ago. And an obnoxious, spiteful little man stepped out of a stop shop doorway, offered me a religious pamphlet, cheap junk, and accosted me with a question. Excuse me, sir, are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? He said, I tried to tell him I was a Baptist elder. He wouldn't listen to me. He said, I was seething with anger all the way home on Qantas to, to Perth. He said, I told my pastor, thinking he would sympathize with me, and my pastor agreed. He had been disturbed for years, knowing that I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, and he was right. And my pastor led me to Jesus just three years ago. Now, this London preacher flew back to the UK and was speaking at the Keswick Convention in the Lake District. And he threw in these three testimonies. At the close of his teaching session, four 
elderly pastors came up and said, we got saved between 25 and 35 years ago, respectively, through that little man on George Street giving us a tract and asking us that question. He then flew the following week to a similar Keswick convention in the Caribbean, to missionaries. And he shared the testimonies. At the close of his teaching session, three missionaries came up and said, we got saved between 15 and 25 years ago, respectively, through that little man's testimony and asking us that same question on George Street in Sydney. Coming back to London, he stopped outside Atlanta, Georgia, to speak at a naval chaplain's convention. And when his three days of revving these naval chaplains up, over a thousand of them, in soul winning, the chaplain general took him out for a meal. And he said, how do you become a Christian? He said, well, it was miraculous. I was a rating on a United States battleship, and I lived a reprobate life. We were doing exercises in the South Pacific, and we docked in Sydney Harbor for replenishments. We hit King's Cross with a vengeance. I got blind drunk. I got on the wrong bus, got off in George Street. And <laughs> as I got off the bus, I thought it was a ghost. This elderly, white-haired man jumped in front of me, pushed a pamphlet in my hand, and said, Sailor, are you saved? If you die tonight, you're going to heaven. He said, the fear of God hit me immediately. I was shocked sober and ran back to the battleship, sought out the chaplain. The chaplain led me to Christ. And I soon began to prepare for the ministry under his guidance. And here I am in charge of over a thousand chaplains and we're bent on soul winning today. That London preacher, six months later, flew to do a convention for 5,000 Indian missionaries in a remote corner of northeastern India. And at the end... The Indian missionary in charge, a humble little man, took him home to his humble little home for a simple meal. And he said, how did you, as a Hindu, come to Christ? He said, I was in a very privileged position. I worked for the Indian diplomatic mission. And I traveled the world. And I am so glad for the forgiveness of Christ and his blood covering my sin, because I'd be very embarrassed if people found out what I got into. He said, one bout of diplomatic service took me to Sydney. And I was doing some last-minute shopping laden with parcels of toys and clothing for my children, walking down George Street. And this courteous little white-haired man stepped out in front of me, offered me a pamphlet, and said, Excuse me, sir, are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? He said, I thanked him very much, but this disturbed me. I got back to my town, I sought out the Hindu priest, and he couldn't help me. But he gave me some advice. He said, just to satisfy your curious mind, nothing else. Go and talk to the missionary in the mission house at the end of the road. And that was fatal advice. He said, because that day the missionary led me to Christ, I quit Hinduism immediately, and then began to study for the ministry. I left the diplomatic service, and here I am, by God's grace, in charge of all these missionaries, and we are winning hundreds of thousands of people to Christ. Well, eight months later... That Crystal Palace Baptist pastor was ministering in Sydney, in Gymea, southern suburb of Sydney. And he said to the Baptist minister, do you know a little man, an elderly little man who witnesses and hands out tracts on George Street? And he said, I do. His name is Mr. Genor, G-E-N-O-R. But I don't think he does it anymore. He's too frail and elderly. The man said, I want to meet him. Two nights later, they went around to this little apartment, knocked on the door, and this tiny, frail little man opened the door. He sat them down, made them some tea, and he was so frail he was slopping tea into the saucer as he shook. And as he sat with them, this London preacher told him all these accounts over the previous three years. This little man sat with tears running down his cheeks. He said, my story goes like this. He said, I was a rating on an Australian warship, and I lived a reprobate life. And in a crisis, I really hit the wall, and one of my colleagues whom I gave literal hell was there to help me. 
He led me to Jesus, and the change in my life was night to day in 24 hours. And I was so grateful to God. I promised God that I would share Jesus in a simple witness with at least 10 people a day. As God gave me strength. Sometimes I was ill, I couldn't do it, but I made up for it for other times. I wasn't paranoid about it, but I have done this for over 40 years. And in my retirement years, the best place was on George Street. There were hundreds of people. I got lots of rejections. But a lot of people courteously took the tracks. And he said, in 40 years of doing this, I've never heard of one single person coming to Jesus until today. Do you know, I would say that has to be commitment. That has to be just sheer gratitude and love for Jesus to do that. Not hearing of any results. Margarita did a little count. That's 146,100 people. That simple little non-charismatic Baptist man influenced somehow to Jesus. And I believe what God was showing that Baptist minister was the tip of the tip of the tip of the tip of this iceberg. Goodness knows how many more had been arrested for Christ and were doing huge jobs out in the mission field. Mr. Genor died two weeks later. And can you imagine the reward he went home to in heaven? I doubt if his face would ever have appeared on Charisma magazine I doubt if there would ever have been a write-up with a photograph in Billy Graham's Decision magazine, as beautiful as those magazines are. Nobody except a little group of Baptists in southern Sydney knew about Mr. Genor. But I'll tell you, his name was famous in heaven. Heaven knew Mr. Genor. And you can imagine the welcome and the red carpet and the fanfare he went home to when he arrived in glory. You know, I heard that several years ago, and I thought, my land of my, God keeps a good record. And for that old gentleman, every day, trying to tell someone else about Jesus. Sometimes God sends you a note about things there, and it's amazing what, uh, what we can uh, learn I just had a note here I was going to share with you, if I could pull it up in just a second here to quit, but uh, I don't want that. Uh, anyway, I got a, a particular note. Oh, here it is. It said, please read this to your parishioners. Dear member, I want to thank you for the little message sent along with your mortgage payment. Isn't that amazing? I put a tract in with the payment. Uh, see, and she said, uh, for two months, I've been behind my, my payments, uh, my, my payments for my work job. My job is to be eliminated on December the 1st. And uh, I've been praying daily that God would give, give me some, an answer, something, anything, help me. And he said, she said, uh, to confirm my faith, I needed good news. I need, I got to need some direction. Your publication of Word to Look in the Bible gave me more of a dose of what I needed to hear. And then she wrote, she said, if more Christians did what you did no matter what, the economy is like the Lord will take care of his own. And I just want you to know 
And I want to thank you for sharing your faith. Pass on the good news. Amen. I never met the lady, but it was interesting. Uh, I always encourage people, you know, put a tract in whenever you uh, pay your bills. Make sure you're paying your bills when you put the tract in. Because God will do something special. My, jo- my job and your job, my privilege and your privilege is to take this sword, learn it for our own selves, build our own web, if you please, our own position for the cause of Christ, and realize that he'll take this book and speak to people. God wants you to be his soldier. And so when Solomon said, listen, let me tell you this last little thing that's wise. It's just a spider, a little spider. But he makes his home in a special mansion. And God says, one day we're going to be in presence of Jesus. And it's real. And if you'll be faithful, you'll be amazed what God will have done for you. Mr. Gano, he never knew about anybody who had gotten saved. And from all over the world, people began to share how that, that little man who witnessed to them, him, to them rather, I came to faith because of it. What a God I serve. So let me encourage you. Before this, when this week is over, take the truths that you've heard from Pastor. Take the truths that you heard from the singers and the truths even from the skits. <clears throat> take those truths seriously. And put them in your heart and keep them in your heart. When you leave your Lord, help me to build the right kind of a web I need to have. Amen. Help me to do what you want me to do. When you get up in the mornings, wake up and say, Lord, help me to be busy in building the right kind of a web. Help me to be busy in reaching out to other people. Help me to be busy in praising you. You'll be amazed when God finds that kind of a faithful young lady, that kind of a young man who says, Lord Jesus, you're more important to me even than sleep. You're more important to me than anything else. I want to honor you wherever I am. The Bible said, Paul said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so learn something from the spider. Learn something from the coney and the rock. Learn that God wants to do something special in your life every day. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, okay?